Good evening, and greetings in the precious name of the Lord Jesus again this evening. Thank you. Thank you to all who have come to bless, first of all, our brother Earl, his wife and family, and to bless all of us. Thank you. Your presence means a lot to us, and we're... uh, we're glad you're here. This is a milestone for the congregation here, as the Lord has again led the way and uh, gave clear direction for another brother to be uh, given the charge and responsibility of an elder, which uh, for us here that is a leading responsibility. Um, For some of you that in your culture, your congregations, that would probably be called a bishop. We use the term elder. And um, so that is is the charge that Brother Earl will receive here this evening. Perhaps before we uh, go further in the service, we could take a moment for prayer. And if you're willing, stand to your feet again and uh, we'll spend a moment in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for this assembly here tonight. Thank you for all that have come to show their support to uh, our brother And thank you, Father, for making this evening possible. Thank you for Jesus who gave his life at Calvary that we might have life and that we might have it more abundantly. And we realize it's because of that that we are here able to be here tonight. It is because of Jesus working in our hearts by his spirit. Father, it's your mercy and grace that have been extended to us and your continued working over the years that uh, brings us to a place like this. And we thank you for it, Father. We thank you for your uh, mercy and grace toward us. We thank you for uh, leading us, guiding the way, bringing the congregation here to this place, Lord, where we could... uh, Call forth another brother to the responsibility of leading and thank you for how you have led us through that. Now, Father, we ask your blessing on the service this evening. Ask a blessing on Brother Earl as he receives the charge and responsibility uh, to an elder. And, Father, we pray that even the things that are shared here in the message would be uh, sound teaching from you, from your word, from your heart to our hearts And, Father, that uh, we could all profit thereby. So, Father, we commit our evening to you. Be present here with us. Bless us. Pour out your spirit upon us. And continue to lead us in your purposes, we ask in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. (coughs) 
maybe just give a little more detail to how we arrived uh, to the place where Brother Earl was chosen. I guess it's about a week and a half ago that we, as a congregation, voted, and we had three brothers who uh, were chosen by vote as possible candidates for ordination. And uh, after having uh, some discussion, interviews with those brothers, all three seemed to uh, qualify for the responsibility. And uh, we had determined ahead of time that if we would find ourselves in such a position that uh, we have several uh, qualified brethren, that we would then cast a lot to determine which one the Lord is calling, which we did that a week ago today, uh, after the, at the end of the Sunday morning service, we uh, cast the lot here, and the lot fell to Brother Earl. And so we are here this evening to give him that uh, responsibility and place in the congregation here. So you can turn in your Bibles uh, to the book of Acts. I'm going to read several scriptures, and then we will make uh, various comments as it relates to the responsibility of ministry and uh, leading in the church of our Lord. The book of Acts, chapter 20, verse 17, reading to verse 38. And Paul is on a journey here, and uh, from the town, it says in verse 17, and from, from Miletus, he sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church. So, he sent to, to uh, the, the town of Ephesus and asking the elders to come and meet him. And when they were come to him, he said unto them, ye know that from the first day that I came into Asia... After what manner I have been with you at all seasons, serving the Lord with all humility of mind and with many tears and temptations which befell me by the lying in wait of the Jews, and how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, but have spoken, but have shown you and have taught you publicly and from house to house, testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks, Repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. And now, behold, I go bound in the Spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there, save that the Holy Ghost witnesseth in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. But none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto me, unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. And now, behold, I know that ye all, among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God, shall see my face no more. Wherefore, I take you to record this day that I am pure from the blood of all men. For I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. 
Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers, to feed the church of God which he hath purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. Also of your own selves shall men arise, speaking perverse things, to draw away disciples after them. What Therefore watch, and remember, that by the space of three years I cease not to warn every one night and day with tears. And now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among, them, among all them which are sanctified. I have coveted no man's silver or gold or apparel. Yea, ye yourselves know that these hands have ministered unto my necessities and to them which were with me. I have shown you all things how that so laboring ye ought to support the weak and to remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said it is more blessed to give than to receive. And when he had thus spoken, he kneeled down and prayed with them all, and they all wept sore and fell upon Paul's neck and kissed him, sorrowing most of all for the words which he spake that they should see his face no more, and they accompanied him to the ship. That's one text that gives a a, uh, a, a huge amount of uh, instruction to elders and their responsibility and obligation, and we will uh, consider some of those things. But before we do that, I'd like to read a few more scriptures. First Peter chapter 5, verse 1 to 9. Here are the words of Peter in First uh, Peter 5, verse 1. The elders which are among you I exhort, who am also an elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ and also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. Feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind, neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, ye shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. And I'll just continue reading a little here. Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another, and be clothed with humility. For God resisteth the proud, and giveth grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour, whom resists steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world." <clears throat> And I'd like to read one more scripture in 1 Timothy, uh, chapter 4. 1 Timothy, chapter 4. I'm going to break in in verse 6. The previous verses in this chapter talk a little bit about the latter times and some of the uh, 
uh, false teachings and things that would arise in the latter times. And then we break in in verse 6. And if thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished up in the words of faith and of good doctrine, whereunto thou hast attained. But refuse profane and old wives' fables, and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. For bodily exercise exercise profiteth little, but godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life that now is, and of that which is to come. This is a faithful saying, and worthy of all acceptation. For therefore we both labor and suffer reproach, because we trust in the living God, who is Savior of all men, especially of those that believe. These things command and teach. Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers, in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, and in purity. Till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the presbytery. Meditate upon these things, give thyself wholly to them, that thy profiting may appear to all. Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine, and continue in them. For in doing this, thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. All right. So we've looked at uh, various, uh, several scriptures that give quite a bit of instruction to an elder and uh, the responsibility of an elder in, in, in uh, carrying out his responsibilities. I'd like to, uh, out of those uh, various scriptures, we'd like to draw a few points to consider. And... Uh, I'd like to talk a little bit, first of all, about some things, Brother Earl, that you need to embrace. I'm going to talk about some things that you need to embrace. I'm going to talk about some things that you need to avoid. I'm going to talk about some things that uh, you need to exercise in. So, uh, we'll take a little time and... Uh, Consider those several points. Actually, also, I missed one here. I'm going to talk about some things that uh, you'll need to be an example in. <clears throat> All right. So, to uh, uh, embrace. Some things for you to embrace, brother, as you take and shoulder the responsibility of an elder. Uh, and I know these things are not necessarily new to you because you've been filling a role before. And uh, you... You have uh, uh, you have done well in that, so it's not like uh, you have no idea what uh, what uh, is uh, what uh, what what to expect. So embrace study, embrace studying the scriptures and the word. Timothy in First Timothy four thirteen till I come give attendance to reading. And, of course, goes on to exhortation and doctrine, um, focusing more on the reading part at this point. Um, embrace study, Second Timothy 2.15, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. 
I guess I don't have to say a lot about that to you because you're a person who does love to study. That's not the case for everyone, but uh, you have that gift. And uh, But it, it is without a doubt an important one in uh, being able to uh, be in a place of feeding the flock, which we'll talk about later. Uh, study is an important part of that to read the scriptures, to um, get inspiration from the scriptures, to uh, receive instruction from the scriptures, and uh, in that to be, as, as uh, T- Paul writes to Timothy, to be a workman that doesn't need to be ashamed, uh, being well-versed in the scriptures. And, uh, you know, if... Uh, you're challenged and you're well versed in the scriptures, you don't need to be ashamed. You have a fitting answer for situations that might come your way. So embrace study. Another thing I'd like to encourage you in, in to embrace is prayer. Second uh, Timothy 2.22 uh, Flee also youthful lusts, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, Peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. And focusing a bit on the calling on the Lord. Uh, in First Timothy, Paul says that I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. Uh, the burden to pray and, uh, and the call to prayer and to embrace prayer. Uh, you know, one of the one of the. Uh, Virtues, I guess I'll say it's a virtue in ministry is to be able to roll your cares on the Lord in prayer, um, to, to embrace prayer and to be quick to pray, uh, knowing that that's where our help comes from, uh, casting our cares upon him for he careth for us. So be quick and embrace prayer. <clears throat> Another thing to embrace is is suffering. Uh, Paul exhorted Timothy, and uh, we didn't read this scripture, but in Second Timothy chapter two, verse three, thou therefore endure hardness, or uh, endure hardness as a good soldier, and that gives the idea of of enduring difficulties, enduring trials, enduring uh, pressing circumstances, enduring. Uh, you know, sometimes undesirable circumstances, but enduring them and and uh, like Paul says here, uh, as a good soldier of Jesus Christ, uh, the idea, I believe, is not just getting through them, you know, but being able to um, to cast those uh, difficulties on the Lord and to be able to go through them and embrace them as part of the Christian experience in life. In Second Timothy uh, 1, verse 8, Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel, according to the power of God. <clears throat> Being a partaker of the afflictions of the gospel. And then also Second Timothy 4, verse 5, But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry, endure afflictions, um, being a partaker of the afflictions. You know, um, 
we do live in a time where there's not been so many afflictions, we might say, uh, in our culture. But that could change. That could very well change in time as our world departs further and further from truth and from God and from the reality of God and from even owning that there is a God, uh, that could change. And we may be called to endure greater afflictions than we have endured to this point. And uh, embrace, embrace those things. Paul, even in that, uh, in that scripture here in Acts where... Uh, he said that, uh, he says, I go bound in spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that befall me there, save that the Holy Ghost witnesseth in every city, saying, bonds and afflictions abide me. And so he, he was, he was well prepared. He, he, he knew quite well what was going to, he was going to face when he got to where he was going there in Jerusalem, but it didn't deter him a bit. He just, he kept right on going. He embraced it. So embrace suffering, uh, embrace ministry, uh, and we'll talk a little bit more about that later, but uh, just a, a verse here, take heed therefore unto yourself and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost, Ghost hath made you overseer, to feed the church of God which he hath, which he hath purchased with his own blood, uh, Acts twenty twenty eight. To feed the church of God, ministry, ministering to the church, to the people of God. Uh, and in later in that same chapter, Paul says, I have showed you all things how that so laboring ye ought to support the weak and to remember the words of our Lord Jesus, how he said it is more blessed to give than to receive. So ministry, embrace ministry, embrace feeding the, the flock of God, embrace uh, uh, supporting the weak, embrace uh, uh, pouring out your life for the people of God, for the church of Jesus Christ, uh, remembering, like Paul said, that Jesus said, it's more blessed to give than to receive, uh, simply encouraging ministry, encouraging giving. So uh, embrace, embrace study, embrace prayer, embrace Suffering embrace ministry. <clears throat> All right. Several things that uh, you'll need to avoid. Uh, and I don't have, uh, didn't put a lot to this, but in, in 1 Timothy 6.20, he says, O Timothy, keep that which is committed to thy trust, avoiding profane and vain babblings. And opposition of science falsely so called. And that wording there could be improved a bit to help us understand it. But uh, he's telling us to avoid some things here. Verse uh, chapter, uh, 2 Timothy 2.23. But foolish and unlearned questions avoid. Uh, knowing that they do gender strifes. And then Titus 3 verse 9. But avoid foolish questions, genealogies and contentions and strivings about the law. For they are unprofitable and vain. <clears throat> so there's a bit of a, uh, uh, and so we have the the whole the whole side and subject and exhortation to avoid some of these kind of situations. And uh, but then on the other side we have uh, uh, the exhortation, for example, in Titus. And I'll turn there. T- 
Titus, uh, Titus 1, 9 to 11. Something else to consider. Uh, an opposite perspective a bit. In verse uh, Titus 1, verse 9, holding fast the faithful word as he hath been taught, that he may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and convince the gainsayers. For there are many unruly and vain talkers and deceivers, especially they of the circumcision, whose mouths must be stopped, who subvert whole houses, teaching things which they ought not for filthy lucre's sake. Now I'll just stop there, but uh, there we have the kind of the other side of the spectrum that they're uh, there are those whose mouths need to be stopped. There are times when, uh, uh, and this is uh, part of the qualifications here in verse 9, that is one that is able to, uh, by sound doctrine, both to exhort and convince the gainsayers. So we have those two spectrums. <laughs> On one hand, being able to exhort and convince the gainsayer and to stop the mouth that should be stopped. On the other hand, avoiding and I'm not sure how you exactly decipher that, but nonetheless, to know that there are times, there are times when uh, discussions and questions and, and strivings about things come up that it's actually better not to engage in it. It's actually better to pull back, to avoid it, to, to, uh, to not enter in, to... Uh, and Lord, give us the wisdom to know which one we're working with, you know, whether it's time to speak, whether it's time to try to convince, whether it's time to try to bring truth to bear, or whether it's time to simply avoid it because it's a situation that will go nowhere and profit no one and uh, so on. So avoid those things, foolish questions and genealogies, and that's particularly, I believe, uh, relating to some Jewish uh, uh, ideas there some, but uh, but not totally. Verse uh, chapter two, verse twenty-three: uh, foolish and unlearned questions avoid, knowing they do gender strife. So, unlearned questions probably questions that really don't have a real purpose. Uh, maybe they're just a question that's intended to generate strife. Maybe it's just a question that's intended to to uh, set uh, uh, set people uh, in an argument or something like that. And to avoid those kind of things. <clears throat> All right. So em- embrace, avoid, and then be an example. Paul is uh, exhorts us about being an example and going back to the book of Acts again. Uh, just like to highlight again a few of those verses there. Paul kind of gives his own testimony testimony here in Acts uh, chapter twenty there verse eighteen and nineteen. He says uh, there in verse 19, partway in the verse, he says, Ye know that from the first day that I came into Asia, after what manner I have been with you at all seasons, serving the Lord with all humility of mind and with many tears and temptations. Uh, and I'm just going to stop there, but uh, he, gives us a, he gives us a bit of his own testimony. Um, and and is actually using his own testimony of how he uh, conducted himself, how he served the Lord with all humility of mind and with many tears and many temptations, many testings, many trials. 
uh, and he gives that as an example. Uh, and then uh, if we go over to verse 30 and uh, no, verse 31 to verse 35, and we read those already. But uh, he says there, therefore, watch and remember that by the space of three years, I ceased not to warn everyone night and day with tears. And so he's again uh, uh, from his own life uh, exhorting them or show, uh, sh- uh, ex- uh, reminding them of the example that he set in this whole matter of ministry and suffering and, and uh, how he labored night and day with tears. Uh, down to verse 33, he says, I coveted no man's silver or gold or apparel, uh, calling us to be an example in these kinds of things, uh, laboring night and day with tears, giving ourselves uh, as an example in these things, coveting no man's uh, silver and gold. Uh, and, and even in his situation, he worked some uh, for his own support and even for some of his team members, as I understand it. <clears throat> So he, uh, he uses, he, he, uh, shows us from his own life, uh, the example that he set. And really he's calling us to that same example. That we would, uh, in our own lives, uh, show, uh, set forth that kind of an example. And also he says here how that so, uh, so laboring you ought to support the weak. He says, I have shown you all things how that so laboring you ought to support the weak. Again, his example. And he's saying now, uh, you do this. And, uh, and that's the example that uh, he's calling us to give. Uh, how we selflessly give of ourselves to support the people of God and the needs uh, in their midst. And then we have the verse in First uh, Timothy 4, verse 12, which is a familiar verse, uh, you know, <clears throat> page to that one as well, First Timothy 4:12 says, "Let no man despise thy youth, and I guess I'm not sure I can call you a youth anymore. But anyhow. Be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, and in purity. Just a few thoughts on each one of those. Of course, in word, uh, being an example in word is simply being an example in the things that we say. In our conversation, in our, uh, it uses the word conversation later to mean our life. But uh, in word, the things that we say and the way that we say them, it's more than just what we say, it's also how we say them. So being, being an example in speech, you know, kind speech, gentle in our speech, truthful in our speech, uh, caring in our speech, in the, the uh, attitude that... Uh, we have when we speak in conversation in lifestyle in everyday walk a an everyday walk that represents uh, kingdom values the kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ being being an example in that everyday walk of a life that is dedicated to Christ to his kingdom to his purposes in charity 
Jesus tells us that by our love, people will know that we are uh, his followers. And, uh, you know, it's probably demonstrated most when the situations are most difficult. You know, it's just like anything else. Submission isn't submission until there's something to submit to. Love isn't love until there's a call for love, you might say. And in this context, at least, uh, there's, of course, different types of love. But uh, to uh, love in its... Uh, uh, love in its its pure form, we would say, seeks the well-being of the other individual, and uh, and irre- and in those uh, times when someone seeks our ill, and we return with an action and an attitude and and a response that seeks their best, that's ex- that's expressing uh, love in real life, and uh, being a, being an example in that. That others would uh, see Christ in your life by that example. In spirit, and uh, being an example in spirit, and of course, that uh, our spirit is something that you can't quite put your finger on. Is that right? Children's class teacher this morning was telling us about that. Uh, our spirit, our attitude, it's not something you can just touch, but you can feel it, you can sense it. Uh, being an example in our spirit, you know, it's it's uh, it can be. Let me say it this way: it can be easy for us in leadership to carry an air about us that we have the answers. You know, it can be easy done. So, I encourage you to be an example of something a little different than that. Um, being an example in our attitudes that we are, you know, an humble attitude. We read there in, uh, uh, I believe it was in Timothy, if I recall correctly, where it spoke of the uh, uh, humility and all that, our spirit, being humble in our spirit. <clears throat> and then an example in faith, demonstrating a confidence in God, in Life's uncertainties, and life has those, but, uh, and we, you know, we can expect those things, uncertainties, difficulties, times when we're not, when uh, we can't see real far, but demonstrating faith in God in those moments, being an example of faith, uh, it's important in the, uh, in the church body. And then purity, an example in purity, and keeping, simply keeping your heart pure in a very impure world. Uh, God bless you with that. Be an example in that as well. All right, we'll keep moving. Several things to exercise in. Uh, Again, Reflecting on a verse here in Acts 20, 28, Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to the flock over which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseer, to feed the church of God which he hath purchased with his own blood. And then we have First Peter 5, which we read already, Feed the flock of God which is among you. Uh, 
So just thinking about feeding the flock, uh, exercise in feeding. And you have exercised your gifts already among us, and uh, I simply encourage you to continue to exercise in that. Teaching the Word, the Word of God, breaking it down in such a way that the people can understand it and receive it, that it feeds their souls, that it ministers to the needs of their heart. Uh, pray to God for that uh, gift and that ec- and, and exercise that gift. Um, that is a blessing, and it's it's needful. You know, it's part of God's design that we gather together and we are fed. We are fed from the Word of God. Our spirits and our souls are fed, and uh, that responsibility. A large part, not all of it, but a large part of that responsibility rests on the uh, elders and ministers. <clears throat> so exercise in feeding uh, the word, feeding the people of God. I'd like to turn to Ephesians 4 as we, just quick reference here. Ephesians 4, it talks about the, uh, the, the uh, gifts that are given. And, and in verse 11, he says, And he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure, measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But, speaking the truth in love, may grow up into him in all things which is the head, even Christ. And I think I'll stop there. But uh, the the idea of uh, the the gift, and we have it listed there as pastors and teachers and so on, uh, the gift... Uh, Exercising your gift in teaching and so forth so that uh, the believers grow in grace, grow in maturity, um, grow in, in their uh, stature of Christ, becoming more solidly rooted in him and are not easily tossed to and fro by the winds and waves of doctrine that come. And they come, don't they? Uh, but to, to exercise in, in teaching for that purpose. Um, in Acts 20, verse 21, Paul's, uh, Paul says this, testifying both to Jews and also to Greeks, repentance toward God and faith toward Jesus Christ. And, uh, you know, the uh, teaching teaching well-balanced uh, messages uh, relating to repentance and faith and, and growing in grace and uh, uh, walking in obedience to the Lord Jesus. And, and uh, yeah, just a discipleship, a life of discipleship, being a disciple of the Lord, teaching those kind of things that uh, brings edification and encouragement to the believers. <clears throat> So exercise yourself in feeding the sheep. Exercise also in oversight. 
giving oversight. Again, those same scriptures, uh, uh, Peter says, feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, not because you have to, but willingly, uh, not for filthy lucre's sake, but of a ready mind, neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being and samples to the flock. So, uh, exercise oversight. Also, just quoting Paul here in Acts 20:28, 20, Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseer. Um, care for uh, overseeing. In other words, uh, and like it says, not as being lords, not holding everybody under your hand, <laughs> but overseeing their spiritual needs and caring for them and and being there for them and instructing them where you sense there is need for instruction or uh, correct, giving correction where there is a need for correction or weeping with them when they're hurting or rejoicing with them when they're rejoicing, uh, giving oversight, uh, being there for the flock and caring for them. <clears throat> It's a, uh, it is a, it's a very necessary responsibility. Um, the, uh, I think it's, it's not a secret to any of us that uh, any organization, and whether it's a church or whether it's a business or whatever it is, it functions best when there's proper oversight and structure in place. People have their places of responsibility. And it's, uh, it's the, the same in the church of Jesus Christ. Though we recognize it's not, it's not my church, it's the Lord's church, but we have an obligation and responsibility before the Lord as, as, uh, as elders to give oversight to His people, to give that guidance, that uh, direction, that structure, that care, that uh, spiritual nurturing in order for it, for it to function well. <clears throat> so I want to encourage you in that to uh, give exercise and oversight. <clears throat> I'm going to share just a little bit here. Uh, well, let me just reiterate a bit here, and then I'll share a few of uh, your uh, responsibilities. So, embrace, embrace study, embrace prayer, embrace suffering, embrace ministry. Avoid, avoid foolish and unlearned questions that gender strifes. Be an example in life, in, uh, in, uh, In your uh, various aspects of life, an example of in word and conversation, in charity and purity, in spirit and in faith. And exercise yourself in feeding the people of God and in teaching the word and in, in nurturing them and exercise in oversight. So your responsibility is probably not limited to what I have here. But uh, as the scripture says, 
taking oversight of the flock of God. That is, uh, maybe you would say that's kind of at the at the top of the list of and uh, taking oversight, giving oversight to the people of God, preaching, teaching, and edifying the flock by the ministry of the of the word. Um, Seeking to meet their needs by nurturing them in the scriptures. You also have uh, responsibilities of, uh, and of course those responsibilities will most likely be shared between us as elders, but uh, uh, baptizing new believers uh, be one of the responsibilities that will be yours from time to time, uh, presiding over a communion service or anointing with oil someone who is sick and may call for the elders of the church to be anointed with oil and prayed for. <clears throat> you may at times have the uh, uh, there may at times be the necessity of admonishing someone who is wayward uh, and has lost their way with God. That uh, that may well be part of your responsibility in in church experience. You may well uh, be able to fill a role of giving advice and counsel to those who are seeking guidance in their lives, whether it's spiritual or even at times. Uh, just normal daily life wisdom they need. Uh, those will probably all be part of your opportunities. <clears throat> so God bless you, brother, as we uh, give, as you take this responsibility and as we impart this uh charge and uh, responsibility to you. <clears throat> All right, I think we will just continue right on and uh, give the charge. I am going to ask just a couple of the elders from some of the other congregations to join me for the laying on of hands. Uh, Brother Leonard and Brother Jesse from Harmony and Brother Simon Mast, if you would join us from Living Hope. And we will give the charge, have the laying on of hands and prayer. And I think then we'll have a song after that, brother, and then I'll dismiss with prayer. Um, so if you brothers would come. And Brother Earl, if you and your wife would stand for the giving of the charge and then for the laying on of hands we'll have you kneel and pray with you. <clears throat> so I have several questions here for you, Brother Earl, first of all, and uh, recognizing that the Lord through the church has called you to the responsibility of uh, an elder among us. First of all, are you willing to accept this charge and to give yourself to the work of the Lord by the grace of God and the aid of his Holy Spirit as a faithful minister in his church. Yes, by his grace. Amen.
Thank you, brother. Do you promise to give heed to all the teachings of the word of God, to accept them as the rule and guide for your life and to preach and teach them and to preach and teach them all with and to preach and teach them to all who are in your spiritual care? And are you willing to fulfill your ministerial responsibilities in accordance with the instructions and teachings of the New Testament and in all things to show yourself as an approved servant of the, in the household of God? Yes. And Sister Vanita, are you willing to be supportive of your husband in this role of an elder and to give your gifts and time as necessary in ministering and meeting the needs in the congregation. Amen. Thank you. Thank you for your willingness. Um, I'll read the charge and then we'll have you kneel and we'll pray. Upon your acceptance, which you have now made before God and these witnesses, Brother Earl, we herewith charge you and ordain you as a minister of the gospel. Preach the word in its purity. Warn the sinners, admonish the unconverted to repent, teach, instruct, comfort, encourage the believers, visit the sick and the afflicted, be instant in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. Do the work of an evangelist and make full proof of thy ministry. Likewise, give heed unto thyself. Walk circumspectly, read the word, meditate upon its precious precepts, pray without ceasing. And in all these things, seek to be a faithful laborer in the vineyard of the Lord. Continue in these things, for in so doing, thou shalt both save thyself and those that hear thee. So, brother, if you would kneel, you and your wife, and gather around. And uh, pray for you. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for this moment. Thank you for our brother Earl, who has been willing to accept this responsibility among us here at this congregation. Thank you, Father, for preparing him for this hour, for this time, for this time of need here. Now, Father, as he has received, accepted the responsibility, first of all, and received the charge, Father, we now ask that you would also equip him for the responsibility and the task ahead. Bless him, Father, with your Holy Spirit. Father, grant him grace to walk faithfully with you so that you can day by day anoint him with the Spirit as needs arise. Father, grant him gifts for the task, such as you would uh, see necessary. Gifts of teaching, gifts of uh, uh, exhorting, gifts of comforting, gifts, Father, of... uh, Compassion and care. Father, gifts of discernment. Lord, bless him in these many, many aspects. And even the things that we might not think about that you know. 
he would profit him in his ministry. Bless him, Father. Lord, I pray that uh, as he shoulders this responsibility, that you would sustain him with courage and with grace to be faithful all the days of his life. Father, we thank you again for your faithfulness. Thank you for blessing us with this brother at this time. In Jesus' name. Yes, Father, in Jesus' name, we call on you again this evening along with our brother John in prayer. We call heaven to witness this uh, responsibility that is being given to Brother Earl. Oh, Father, we're thankful this evening as we consider and have been watching your leading in the congregation here. want to bless you, Father, and ask a special blessing on Oasis Christian Fellowship. We now ask a special blessing on Brother Earl as he has been called to lead along with Brother John, the congregation here. Father, would you fill him with the Holy Ghost? Would you strengthen him with might in the inner man? Would you help him to walk carefully, being an example to those that he is called to responsibility to? Father, would you give him wisdom and direction, help him to preach the word, to warn the sinner and encourage the saint? Bless his ministry, Father. Meet all of his needs in Christ Jesus. And I pray also that Benita stands by his side. That they together would be a real blessing to the congregation here. So we ask, bless our brother in Jesus' name.